0: Well, church, I want to invite you for just a few moments. Would you grab your Bibles with me and open them up to the book of Psalms, first chapter. Book of Psalms, first chapter. You know, New Life Sunday is about beginning. How many of you know how you start matters? How you start matters. There's a story that I read recently about Korean Airlines flight 007 that departed out of Anchorage, Alaska on October 31st, 1983. True story. It was departing from Anchorage, Alaska for a direct flight to Seoul, Korea. However, unknown to the pilot and the crew, the computer Engaging the flight navigation system contained a a one-and-a-half-degree routing error. At the point of departure, the mistake was unnoticeable. Even 100 miles out, the deviation was still so small as to be undetectable. But as the giant 747 continued through the Aleutians and out over the Pacific, the error was picked up by Soviet radar. Jets were scrambled for the intercept, and over mainland Russia, flight 007 was shot out of the sky. All aboard were lost. A small error in the departure resulted in a tragic trajectory and a destructive finish. There's a lot of ways you can start. There's only one way to finish. Now, the good news is I'm not here to shoot you out of the sky this morning if you started wrong. What I want to tell you and what New Life Sunday is all about is about new beginnings. A chance to start again. A chance to adjust course. And when you look at Psalm chapter 1, you see there that there's really only two options to choose from when it comes to the course of your life. There's the way of the wicked and then There's the way of the word. Look at it with me in Psalm chapter 1. We're going to read just the first three verses. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do it prospers I want to tell you the path that you choose for your life isn't just going to impact your life it's going to impact countless lives as we've seen illustrated by these families just a moment ago this story communicates A couple of powerful principles, just three things that if I can get you to grab a hold of and allow the Spirit to speak to you about in the days to come, I believe it'll bless you. You know, if I were to ask the question right out of the gate, how many of you want the blessing of God on your life? Pretty sure I could get a resounding amen. Amen. We all do, right? I mean, we all want God's blessing. We all want God's favor. But this chapter tells us how to get it. It tells us how it can be ours. Verse 1 tells us about the path of the wicked. It starts when we walk in their direction. But then it says they stand in the company of sinners. I'm no longer moving past sinful opportunities. I've taken a stand there. And then thirdly, it says there are those who sit in the company of mockers. Sitting is a place of finality. It's a resting place. It's determining that this is how far I want to go. And I don't want to go any farther. And I don't know if maybe you're at any of those places in your own life. Whether you're just walking past sin or or standing in a sinful area. Or maybe you've taken up residence and and it's moved from an incident to a willful decision to a habitual lifestyle. But I want to tell you what the Bible says in verse 2 again. This is the one that's blessed. But blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and day and night. There's one Bible word that I comes to mind when I read this. The word is repentance. That's what we see here. It's repentance. And repentance just means to turn. But it's two turns, really. It's not just a turn away from sin. It's a turn towards God. And you want to know how to be a blessed person? You turn away from sin and you turn towards God. And that's what we see in this text. And then the next verse says, this is what your life should look like now here's where I want you to lean in there's just three things that I want you to get today verse three read it again with me it says that person the one who's turned from sin and towards God the one who's walked away from a sinful lifestyle and pursuing the heart of God that person is like a tree planted by streams of water and I tell you today God wants your life to be like a tree Let me tell you three things about this tree. First of all, it's position. The position of the tree is really important. The position of the tree is that it is by the streams of water. You know, several years ago, I I took a team of uh, high school students on a ministry trip in New Mexico. And we did a service Sunday morning in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we had a Sunday night service in a little town directly south of there in Socorro. And Highway 25 runs right down the spine of New Mexico, and it parallels the Rio Grande River. And God showed me something powerful about water on that little Sunday afternoon drive. Water is the source of life. And as we drove south on Highway 25, we would be next to the Rio Grande, and there would be large, strong trees and and green grass and communities. But after a little while, the river would snake farther away from us, And all of a sudden, we were in a wasteland. I mean, tumbleweed was blowing. There was nothing but just dry uh, desert air. And then pretty soon, that river would come back over and come up next to the highway. We would see life and fruitfulness again. And we see over and over again how water is the source of life. And I just wonder if maybe the psalmist, when he wrote this, if he wasn't there in that Middle Eastern landscape, Sitting underneath one of these big lush green trees beside a stream, thinking about how awesome it is to be next to the water when he wrote these words about the blessed believer. He said, that person is like a tree that's by the streams of water. I want to tell you today, Jesus said, come near to me and I'll come near to you. Jesus said this in John 7, he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. When he met the Samaritan woman at the well, he told her, if you had a drink of the water that I can give, you'd drink and never be thirsty again. I'm telling you today, Jesus is the supply. Jesus is the source of water, and if you want your life to be blessed, I don't care how long you've been in church or if you've never prayed a prayer in your life, there's one decision you need to make today, and that decision is to get to the stream. Get back to the wellspring of life. This tree was blessed because this tree was positioned by the water, but secondly, it was planted. It, It wasn't just positioned by the water. It was planted there. Listen, God wants you to come to the water, but he doesn't just want you to come and and get refreshed and then go back out and exhaust yourself and become weary and then drag yourself back to another encounter with God. No, God wants you to be planted there. God wants you to establish roots. And we read that verse earlier in Ephesians 3 that Paul said you can be rooted and established in Christ. You can begin to grow in your understanding of the knowledge of God in a community of faith. Amen. That's God's plan for us as the people Amen. of God. You know, I, I feel sorry for some of these folks, but I, I see it all the time. There are so many Christians that they just go running after the next cloud of God's presence. You know, they, they hear about Some special guest speaker that's going to be somewhere, and they go, running over there, and they'll do that for a while. Oh, I heard they got an interesting sermon series over at that church. I'll go over there. And and then after a while, there's this guy on YouTube that I found that really encourages me, and so they'll go listen to that. And while the rain feels good, what happens if we're not planted is we never reach down deep with the roots to get strength. God wants you to be strengthened. And you need the winter seasons and the dry seasons just as much as you need the rain seasons. It's in those moments, not when the balloons are up and the clapping and the cheering is happening. It's when the sorrow is real and the storm waves of adversity are crashing against your life. It's in the moments where you feel like the psalmist who said, in a dry and weary land, you are my water. It's in those moments that that the roots start to dive deeper into the soil of your faith to to get the nutrients that it needs. Shallow, immature Christianity is the Trojan horse of the church today. You know what you need to do? You need to get planted. You You need to get grounded. You need to get rooted and established like a tree planted by streams of living water. Jeremiah talked about the tree. In Jeremiah chapter 17, he talks about what the blessed life looks like. He said this in verse 5. He said, cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parts places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. He's talking about people that aren't anchored in Christ. He's talking about people that are depending on people and and others for their strength. But, verse 7 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat Comes And how many of you can testify? Heat comes. Come on. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Paul said, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that come against you. Heat comes. There will be moments. But the person who's planted, the person who is constantly being nourished by God and by God's family, the person that has many streams flowing into their life, they're not going to fear the heat. Oh, it's going to get hot. Tests still come for the believers, but they don't fear the heat when it comes because they're planted by the water. God has a vision for your life. It's in Isaiah 61. In fact, this is the the portion of scripture that Jesus quoted when he started his ministry. Now, think about this. I mean, if, if your assignment is to save the whole world like Jesus was and... It's your first Sunday preaching. How many of you think the text that you choose is probably pretty important? I mean, this is like the inauguration of his ministry right here. And Jesus quoted Isaiah 61. He stood up and he read these words. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness, the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As you read on in Isaiah 61, we see that this is God's plan and purpose for your life. And, and if any of these promises resonate with something you need today, I want to just encourage you. Grab a hold of it by faith. Because he goes on to say that he will comfort all who mourn. That's what he wants to do. Verse 3 says he'll provide for those who Who grieve in Zion? He'll bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Did you know that Jesus wants to crown you with beauty today? They would put ashes on when they were mourning, when they were sorrowful. But God wants to give you joy. The next verse says, "The oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair." He wants to give you that today. And and here's the result. Look at it there in verse three. They. These people that are blessed, these that trust in God, these that are planted by streams of water that sends out its roots, they will be called oaks of righteousness. That's what God wants for your life. He wants you to be stable. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be secure, even in the driest of seasons, even in the darkest of days. You're an oak of righteousness. God gives you joy instead of mourning. He crowns you with beauty instead of ashes. He gives you a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. You know why he wants to do it? Look at the last line of that verse. It says, they'll be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. God wants to be glorified in your life. He wants wants everyone that sees you to see an expression of the goodness of God. This is a person that's positioned next to Jesus. They never get too far away from Jesus. This is a person who is planted in the body of Christ so that you're not just dependent upon the Lord to speak to you in your private devotion, but you have a a pastor and and mentors and leaders that can pour streams of God's word into your life. You've got friends that you can gather around in a life group and and you can share the word and streams can flow into your life and you can gather at an altar or in a difficult season and have a brother or a sister pray over you and streams of life come flowing into you. That the world looks on and says, how do they go through what they go through and their leaves never wither? Their joy never fades. They're like an oak. Let me tell you the third thing about this tree. Not only is it positioned near the stream and planted, it's productive. This tree is producing something. Psalm 1 verse 3 again says, This person, like a tree, planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. There's fruitfulness. It yields its fruit in season. It's leaf doesn't wither. Whatever they do, it prospers. Can I just tell you today, God's plan for your life is fruitfulness. It's not just that you would receive Christ and that you would just enjoy this journey of faith and then one day be with him in heaven. Look, if the plan was just to go to heaven, baptism would just be, you know, just go underwater and hey, we raise you up and you just go to heaven. No, we don't ascend yet. We have a purpose here. God saved you for service, There's something that he wants you to do. You can look at an apple tree and you can know that the fruit of an apple tree is apples. Can I tell you today that the fruit of a believer is believers? Believers. God help us that if we ever have no need to fill up the baptistry with water and baptize believers because we're called to fruitfulness. We're called to. To bear fruit, that's why when we had the new members stand before us today, I read that verse that says the manifestation of the Spirit is evidenced in each and every member's life for the common good. Because you may never stand up on a platform like I am. You may never preach a sermon. You may never lead a class or even a devotional. But you have a gift. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and produce fruit. Fruit that will last. We're probably all guilty at times of spending way too much of our energy on things that a 100 years from now, they just won't even matter. I mean, they just won't even matter. But Jesus said, I want you to produce fruit that will last. The the commitment these parents made, that's, that's lasting fruit. Investing in other people, that's lasting fruit. Making every effort to keep the bond of peace and the unity of the faith, that's lasting fruit. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous, that's you and me by the way, is a tree of life. And the one who is wise saves lives. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Jesus told his disciples after they had committed to follow him. He said, from this day forward, you're going to be fishers of men. You know what I've noticed in the church? We've become experts at fishing in bathtubs. Like we talk to people that are already saved. You know, we go fishing in other, in other stocked ponds. But when Jesus said you're going to be fishers of men, he meant you have a testimony. God's done something in your life. Just like we watch these testimonies today, God's given you a testimony. God's given you a story, and he wants you to share it. Amen. Amen. He wants you to be fruitful. So today we're going to do something as, as an act of worship to the Lord at the conclusion of this service One more thing that's going to rally us all together as the body of Christ. We're going to celebrate the life that we have in Jesus. And we're going to do it by going to the table of the Lord for communion. In just a moment, the ushers are going to pass out the emblems of communion, the bread and the juice. When you receive those, I want to ask you just to hold on to them for a moment. Because we want to all receive those elements together. And gentlemen, whenever you're ready, you can just go ahead and begin to serve the people. As they serve you, I want to just ask you to allow the Holy Spirit for a moment to speak to your heart. You know, when we come to church, the most important thing is that we take a moment and we ask God to speak to us. Here's the amazing thing. He is speaking. You know, we say, God, would you speak? But really, it would be better if we said, God, help me hear you. He's speaking today. Don't believe the lie that God doesn't want to talk to you, that God has nothing to say. Oh, he's speaking today. Our prayer should be, God, give me ears to hear. And maybe you're here today, and you're a believer. You love Jesus. But if you would be honest, and you would inspect the fruit of your life, you would say, you know what? There's no productivity. I'm not, I mean, I love Jesus, but I'm just not producing anything in my life. If that's you today, can I just encourage you in this moment, while you're holding the bread and the juice that symbolizes your Savior, giving everything for you, holding nothing back, body broken, blood spilt out, While you hold those elements in your hand, would you just pray a prayer of surrender to the Lord and say, God, you gave everything for me. What do you want me to give to you? God, what can I begin to do to serve you? What can I begin to do this week, Lord God, to be fruitful again? Maybe within that, there needs to be a prayer of repentance. Maybe you know what your assignment is. Maybe you know what your gifting is. But you let the cares of this world choke out the fruitfulness of your life in this moment before we eat this bread and drink from this cup make a fresh commitment to say God I surrender I surrender my time, my talents, my treasure Lord use me for your glory maybe you're here today and you love Jesus but you haven't been faithfully planted in his house maybe it's one of those You're one of those people that whenever you feel weary, whenever you feel like you need prayer, whenever you need encouragement, you know how to find the stream, but you're not planted there. The consistency's not in your life. Maybe the Holy Spirit would speak a word to you today about faithfulness. Would you hear that? Would you hear that today? You know, when you stand before God one day, and I assure you, you will, I will, and we'll stand alone, He is not going to say to you, well done, good and educated servant. He's not going to say, well done, good and financially stable servant. None of that stuff is going to be the measure of your obedience. You know what he'll say. He'll look at you and me and he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the standard, church. That's where we have to set our course. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness to God. And if the Lord is speaking to you about being planted, allow the Holy Spirit to just search your heart even now and reprioritize your life around his kingdom and his glory. Maybe you're here today and you need to find that stream. There may be some people here today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage you as, as we get ready to receive these emblems of communion, to let this be your response. You see, when we eat this bread and when we drink this juice, what we're really doing is we're recognizing these emblems represent a person. And so in our heart, we're saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. Lord, I want you in my life. Listen, if you're here today and you feel like you're dry and weary and your soul is parched, Jesus is calling you to come and to drink freely from the waters of life. If you hear him calling you today, let this communion be your step of obedience. In this moment, say, God, I'm not just going to receive this emblem In some religious symbolism, God, in this moment, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Say, how do I do that? Repentance. That's the path to God's blessing. Repentance. Turn away from your sin. Say, God, I renounce my sin. And God, I turn towards you. I want your favor and your blessing on my life. I want to invite you to just bow your head with me, close your eyes, and respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to your heart. God, we thank you today for these emblems. It's an ordinance, Jesus, that you gave us so that we would never go too far away from the epicenter of our salvation. It's the cross. It's the shed blood of Jesus. Your word says, Lord, that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Your miracles couldn't save us. Your teaching couldn't save us. Even your sinless life couldn't save us. We needed a substitute. We needed a perfect lamb who would take away our sin. And so Jesus, today, we celebrate again what makes us family, what gives us new life, what gives us hope for our own eternal salvation. God we thank you today For our salvation In Jesus name Amen Let's receive the bread together When you're ready Now, if we could just maintain this moment of reverence, would you stand with me all across this room? The Bible says, when anyone gets saved, the angels in heaven rejoice. In the story of the prodigal, when that prodigal son came home, the father told the older brother, we had to celebrate Because your brother was dead and now he's alive. I'm telling you, church, God requires it. When the lost get saved, we got to celebrate. I want to ask a question today. If you're here in this place and maybe you just prayed that prayer for the first time, to ask Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior. Or maybe you've just fallen away and today was your day of adjusting course and coming back to Jesus. We want to celebrate with you. So I want to ask you right where we stand, if you prayed that prayer and you asked Jesus to be your Lord, would you just raise your hand and say, that was me? We want to celebrate with you. Anyone. I'm looking all over this room. We want to just celebrate and cheer you on today and commend you for taking that step of faith. Anyone. Said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Jesus, be my Savior. Amen. 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 Church. Before we dismiss this service, one more time, like he just saved you, can we give God thanks today for his miracle working power? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.